together growing in faith, changing communities. Dear friends, today I would like us to reflect on the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Now, there is something absolutely beautiful in the manner in which Paul addresses himself and conducts himself in the presence of this young community. In this second letter, chapter 3, from verse 6 to verse 10, and from verse 16 to verse 18, Paul says, I command you, dear brothers, in the name of Jesus the Lord, that you keep away from any person who is not doing that which the Lord God had commanded us to do. I, I like the attitude of Paul. It comes from a place of great love. It comes from a brother who cares for his own brothers and sisters. And he says to them, you have received the gospel of God. You have been baptized uh, by the baptism of Jesus Christ. Your life has been made anew in Jesus Christ. There is here an element of great support that Paul wants to give to those who have come to the faith. And that's what I want to talk about briefly. The element of support in one's life. Do you have someone in your life that cares for you? Do you have someone in your life that worries about you? Do you have someone in your life that wants the best for yourself? Do you have someone in your life who, who's interested in knowing what's going on, that you are able to talk to, you are able to share your, your spiritual journey with, especially someone in your own family? One of the most beautiful realities and beautiful gifts that the Lord has given us is family. And family, dear friends, could mean blood, family, but also certain friends have reached a stage where they have become family. Other people have made family even at work amongst their own colleagues. But the most beautiful and the, the, the word for me, the operative word for me is the element of support. That you do not suffer on your own. That you do not go through an experience without having anyone to take the, the load uh, with you or to take uh, you by the hand and support you as you move on in your own life. And so Paul warns the new church, the new convert, and he says to them, just be careful of those who are not doing what Jesus has asked of us to do. But there's also a very interesting word that he uses. He says, there are those who walk in idleness. Now, you know what idleness means. It's, it's, it's people who are doing absolutely nothing. And we know what the devil is able to do with people who do absolutely nothing. Does it mean they sit down the whole day without doing anything? Well, it could mean that. But it could also mean they are busy doing something which is not productive. They are busy doing something which they shouldn't be doing. And I also look into my life, into our lives, and sometimes we, we fall into a trap of idleness where we waste so much time doing things that are not important, doing things that are not going to help us to grow. I sometimes look at human nature and human behavior, and I look at how sometimes 
We can waste so much time and so much energy and so much data looking and reading other people's statuses and reading things that are not absolutely important. And so we do that because we probably have nothing else to do. We do that because we probably are bored. But at the end of the day, Paul warns us and he says to us, whatever you are doing, is it productive? Whatever you are doing, is it helping you to grow? Whatever you are doing, is it helping you to be a better person? Those are far more important things that Paul wants to do and to help us with. The third element that I find interesting in this conversation is the whole issue of mentorship. The mentor and the mentee. There has to be that relationship of trust. That I'm mentoring you not because I think I'm better. I'm mentoring you because I too have fallen along the way. I mentor you because I too know how it's like not to have I mentor you because I too know how it's like to struggle without proper leadership and without proper guidance. Or I'm doing it because I've received it and I've seen its value in my own life. The other thing that I also find interesting is that Paul says to the people, for you yourselves know how you ought to imitate Christ. Now he says, imitate Christ just as you can imitate us. You've seen how we've lived our lives. You've seen how we've behaved in your presence. And that's an important point in a Christian life. That many people will never really read the Bible as in a book, but they will look at our lives and they will make a decision whether to follow Christ or not. That many people will come to our churches. It is not the good or the great homily or the wonderful music that makes people stay in a church. It is a sense of being welcomed, of being accepted. A sense of saying, I think I can stay with this family. I think I can stay with this community because there's love and I feel that I'm loved and I'm accepted. And so the Bibles that people will read are our lives. They will look at our lives. They will look at how we treat other people. They will look at how we treat each other, how we talk about each other in each other's absence, how we treat and behave with each other, and how do we talk about strangers. Those are the most important things, I think. And those are the things that make people look at us as Christians and say, I want to follow your God. And Paul says this to us. He says to us, you need to imitate us. As we are trying to imitate Christ. Now that's a huge challenge because if I want to say that I've got to be living a good Christian life. But that's the same thing that as parents we ought to to have taught our children. That my baby don't just listen to what I say but also look at how I've lived my life. And hopefully they can learn something absolutely important in how they can too live their own lives. There are also other most important things that I think Paul has done in here. I I love how Paul continues to look at Christ as the center of everything. Without Jesus Christ, Paul seems to, to not find any reason in becoming a good Christian. Jesus Christ is the reason why Paul continues 
to, to suffer, to love, to preach, and to imitate Christ. He says, Jesus is the example in which we all need to imitate. He says, I do not work just for people's appraisal. All that I do, I do it for the greater glory of God. The last words that Paul says in this pericope, he says, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace that enables us to be at peace within ourselves, at peace with one another. May the peace of Christ continue to reign in our lives. May the peace of Christ continue to reign in our families. May Mary, the Queen of Peace, the Mother of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ, our own Mother, may she pray for us as we try to imitate Jesus Christ. May our Lord Jesus Christ bless and protect us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.